This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Rappaport to the rescue with award-winning animal advocate Jill Rappaport. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, and what crazy weather we've been having. First, we had a nor'easter come in, and they say by the end of the week, it's going to be 45 degrees in New York City. So this is absolutely the perfect show to have on everyone's favorite meteorologist, Dylan Dreyer. You know her from NBC, and of course, the co-host of the 9 o'clock hour on today, alongside Craig Melvin, Al Roker, Chanel Jones. And if that's not enough to keep her busy, every Saturday morning on NBC, you can see her hosting the show Earth Odyssey. And wait, there's more. She's also a co-host of Off the Rails on Sirius Radio. And when she has a minute to breathe, she's hanging with her hubby, Brian, her adorable two sons, and of course, the one and only super dog, Bosco. Dylan, welcome. It is so great to see you. Our listeners can't, unfortunately, see your beautiful face, but it's been so long. And I remember when you first started on the Today Show, I would do pieces on weekend today. Exactly. And we immediately bonded because you started talking about Bosco and I started talking about my six rescue dogs. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is a girl after my own heart. Oh, let's you are talk, so sweet. Oh, uh, well, let's talk about Bosco. Now, I understand her real name is Bosco Jilly Chili Pepper Boom Bomb Bang. <laughs> what, what, what the heck is the name? <laughs> it's Bosco China Cass's Belly Cocoa Bean. <laughs> okay. We call her Bosco for short. <laughs> All right. And, and the name was actually inspired by an episode in Seinfeld. Yes. So the way my husband and I have always been obsessed with Seinfeld, you know, another Seinfeld reference, the Cass's belly. We always joke if we ever get a boat, we want to name it the Cass's belly. <laughs> we didn't get a boat. We got a dog and we named it Bosco for George's ATM password. And it also works out because she is brown like Bosco, the chocolate syrup. And when we were registering her, they told us, you know, she could either be Bosco number 622 or you can give her a unique name and that will be her name. So the unique name was Boscochina, Cass's Belly, Cocoa Bean. <laughs> now, when I go to the vet, they have to have the full name. Please don't tell me that that's listed on all her records. She just goes as Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, right? You know, it's so funny because I'm talking back in 2013 when we would talk about our dogs. Now, mm -hmm. she's got to be, what, eight years old now? 10 years because my husband and I just celebrated our eighth anniversary and we got Bosco as soon as we started dating. Like we started dating, we moved in together and we got Bosco. Bosco is technically a senior. You know, they say for a smaller dog between 10 and 11 years old. And I know I've had one, she's 18. Wow, not, 18. So I don't even like to think in terms of that for her or me. I know. What is that like? Because you've had her from the beginning of your relationship. And I know, Dylan, you refer to her. You have three children. She was your first. She was our first. Looking back now, thinking the days, you know, especially when we first moved to New York, Central Park does off leash before 9 a.m. And I remember thinking that was the biggest stress in our lives was to make sure we woke up before 9 a.m. so that we can get to Central Park and she can have some, you know, off leash time. And now, wow, things have changed. And, you know, she really has been there 
from the very beginning, from us moving in together to moving to New York, to getting engaged, to getting married, and then all the kids. And we've always referred to her as our kid. You know, I think other members in our family were like, okay, we get it. You have a dog, you know, and <laughs> like, you don't have to travel everywhere with the dog. And it's, well, yeah, we do. It's, it's Bosco. She's not staying home or she's not going somewhere for a couple nights. Like, no, she stays with us. And it's funny because now we say poor Bosco more often than anything because Bosco likes to sit on you. And Calvin is not a huge fan of Bosco sitting on him or grabbing any of his toys or putting holes in any of his, you know, toy balls. And he especially doesn't like when Bosco sits on the blanket on your lap. And we're trying to teach him, you know, you have to be kind to dogs. Don't be a bully. Don't be a bully to dogs. She was here first. You know, she, right. she gets the run of the house, basically. Well, it's a good thing that it wasn't the opposite, where she was a little upset and aggressive and not happy to have him near her. Absolutely. I mean, miniature schnauzers can be moody. Bosco's very chill. She's very calm. And we sort of knew when we first had Calvin that we had to be careful just in case, you know, because it's Bosco's territory. It's Bosco's house. And when we did all the things you're supposed to do, we brought home a baby blanket, brought home a baby hat so that Bosco could smell that, get used to the baby scent before we brought the baby home. And since day one, Bosco has been amazing. Granted, now that Oliver is like a little grabbier than Calvin yeah. ever was, you know, and, and Oliver will just grab right onto her ear or something. Bosco's had a lot of teeth removed. So even though she can snap sometimes just to put Oliver in his place, it's not going to do any damage because she doesn't have a whole lot of teeth left. The one advantage. <laughs> now, considering you had her from the very beginning of your relationship, do you feel in some way she prepared you for motherhood? Absolutely. 100%. Because we learned what it was like to be responsible for somebody else besides just yourself. I mean, you can't just pick up and, and go on vacation. You can't just be gone from the house all day long. You have to make sure you're there to take her out. She's fed. She's somewhere good. If, if we're traveling in a place, you know, on a plane or somewhere where we can't bring a dog. I mean, we've always basically since the beginning of our relationship had to figure out Bosco's plan. And even now, you know, we have friends that live up in Woodstock, you know, and it's like, can you visit us for the weekend? And well, do you mind if we bring Bosco, you know, because we're, we're not going to leave our home. So she's always kind of prepared us to think about somebody other than ourselves. Yeah. And she really is the third child, but your first one. How is uh, Calvin now adjusting? Because he's getting a little older. Is he learning some responsibility for her? Are you teaching him? Okay, you feed her today, Calvin, or put out some water for her. Look, yep. Bosco's thirsty. Calvin is in charge of feeding Bosco. Good. And he knows exactly how much, you know, it's one little scoop. And I mean, sometimes he doesn't want to, but it's pretty much Calvin's first chore that he has to do. And I'll always have to remind him. It's not like he's of the mindset to think he needs to feed Bosco, but he knows it's his job. And there was a period of time when Calvin, I, I guess Calvin was probably about two, and we'd walk Bosco together every night. And, you know, I got the little poop bag and I'd pick up after Bosco. And Calvin started to ask if he could pick it up. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. So I taught him how to put the bag over his hand and, you know, how to pick it up and turn the bag inside out. And he got really good at it. He's not so much interested in that anymore, but there was a period of time I could put him to work with that too. I was going to say, that's one chore you'd be thrilled to let him do, <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. But what a year this has been for you. First of all, the new baby. Before we started the interview, our listeners have not seen pictures of your children. They are truly beautiful. <laughs> oh, and thank you. such an incredible year because 
on one hand, total bliss. Mm -hmm. And then soon after your husband came down with COVID, you were sick. You thought it was COVID. Mm -hmm. The baby had a fever. You're trying to manage everything as a new mom again. Wow. It was a lot when Oliver was born and there was no hint of a pandemic in this country. I mean, there was didn't even cross our mind, you know? So we went to the hospital and everything was as normal. And then we get home in February, you know, things are getting a little questionable. And then March hits and March, March was tough because the high of just having a baby wears off, you know, the pain meds are long gone. So (laughs) that's, that's worn off. And now it's, we're in it. And Calvin all of a sudden was having to do school from home. So getting a three-year-old to stay on the computer long enough to listen to his teachers, I mean, they were doing school from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I have to sit with him the whole time. And I just didn't have that time to do that or the mental capacity to do that. And then my husband gets sick and I realized how unsympathetic I am (laughs) because our babysitter couldn't come in because we didn't want her to bring it into the house. We didn't want her to get sick. And so we just said, stay home. So it's just me. We didn't want to have our parents help because we didn't want anyone to get sick or especially get them sick. And Brian's quarantining in Calvin's bedroom. So Calvin's sleeping with me every night. And then there's the baby and I'm tired and I'm already stressed. And you just hit this point of, I need help. So I feel so bad, but I'd stand outside of the room Brian was quarantining in and I'm like, Calvin, I can't deal with that right now. I'm doing everything alone. You know, so (laughs) hint, hint, Brian. Oh, I was throwing it out there real thick. And I love it. Brian felt awful that he couldn't help. And looking back, it's just, it wasn't my proudest moment as a wife, but (laughs) I was trying to keep it together as best I could. And you know, Brian is such a sweetheart. Whenever I saw him, whenever I see him on TV or anywhere, big smile. That's how always I think happy. of Brian, always having a big smile. What a great partner, you know, and so understanding. And you've been through a lot, you know, to get the second child was not an easy thing for you. And the whole year you've had, wow. And then going back to work, you know, you yeah. have two jobs. I know. Mm-hmm. Although going back to work is a blessing because trying to do it all from home. And Brian and I agree with each other on this, you know, we're an excellent team and we, we work together, we support each other and we have this unspoken handoff with the kids and, and we work together very, very well. But mornings, Brian says, go a lot smoother when I'm not here. Just like evenings go a lot smoother if he's not here. If I'm home, Calvin wants me to make his breakfast, but I'm trying to do my job. So I'm on conference calls. I'm trying to do my hair and makeup. I'm trying to get ready for the show. And Calvin's just in the background droning on about mommy has to get it. Mommy gets my Cheerios. Mommy has to get it. So now that I'm at work, it just everything goes so much more smoothly for Brian in the morning. He's like, he can make the breakfast. He can get Calvin off to school and everything goes just fine. It's who's walking Bosco, Brian? Brian, (laughs) it's Oliver in the stroller, Calvin on his scooter and Bosco on the leash. And that's how they all take Calvin to school every morning now. So, <laughs> But I know the one thing about Bosco, if she doesn't want to go to the left, she ain't going to the left. She so if is you want to make not. a turn and she doesn't want to go there, too bad, right? Luckily, she's been okay with the walk to school. It's only a few blocks away. But if you have a good memory, she is very, very determined. When she goes where she wants to go. And now that she's embarking upon 10 years old, do you see that she's getting a little older or you don't see that she misses a beat still? We don't really see that she misses a beat. And when we do the math and think, wow, she is 10, you know, it it saddens us because we don't know how long she'll 
stick around. And she has had, like I've said, a lot of teeth removed, but it's more been preventative so that she doesn't get ill from it. Right. Schnauzers don't have great teeth to begin with. You know, their right. their bones kind of start degenerating after a while. But she is peppy. And I feel like most of the time, the fault's on us because she would love to go outside and, and throw a ball. We'll even just throw a ball up and down the hallway. But because of the kids, we don't do that as much with her anymore. So she doesn't get all the attention that she used to get. And if we gave it to her more often, I know she's game for playing for sure. But maybe at this point, you know, your boys, as one gets older and, you know, maybe in different stages, they're going to want to be a play. Oh, yeah. Her, Calvin right? does like chasing her around the house. And then I think you could, I think she's actually right here. She's usually in a ball right there, oh, just laying, oh, yeah. laying on the couch. <laughs> right behind you. I saw probably from photo. Calvin chasing her this morning. Oh, there was a great photo of you, Dylan, where she actually sleeps kind of in the uh, crook of your neck, like in, in, under your arm there. She's always on you. Very she sweet. is. She uses my shoulder as her pillow. It's cute. Although when Calvin crawls into the bed, it's just there's not enough room. <laughs> and she always used to lay on your lap when you were pregnant. She had to be oh. thinking to herself, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is moving in there? There's there an alien in your body. <laughs> exactly. You know, when we first met, I remember, I think at that time you were working could this possibly be seven days a week? I remember at one point you were literally working. There up. was a long stretch of time where I was doing seven days a week because wow. I was doing Saturday and Sunday. I mean, that's, right. that's what I was hired for. And then during the week, I was doing storm coverage or various stories or filling in for Al here and there. And especially in a bad winter, I'd leave on a Sunday night go follow a storm across the country from Monday through Friday, come back and then work Saturday, Sunday. So now that they have changed the format of the Sunday show, we don't do weather. So it does at least guarantee me off Sundays now. Well, <laughs> so just you know, six days a, a week. meteorologist, you're fantastic. And you know, when I said I was doing the interview with Dylan Dreyer, it was like unanimous across the board. Oh, I love her. Oh my goodness. People find you so appealing, so cheerful. And I say, you know, she's really like that off Thank camera you. too. You really are, not to use a weather pun, but sunshine. There, you know, there's certain people that are different parts of the environment. You right. are truly sunshine. And I remember when they made you the co-host of The mm -hmm. Nine and seeing you fill in, I thought, this is great. Because oh. as wonderful as you are in weather, obviously, to see that side of you and to see you as a host and be able to share your life with viewers is a wonderful thing. And I would imagine you're having a ball doing it. I really, really appreciate that, especially coming from you. It's just, it really means so much to me. So thank you. And I'm an open book. My husband's an open book. You know, we put a lot of our lives out there on Instagram for better or for worse. I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's good that we put our kids out there, but we enjoy it. And especially Brian loves to post videos and he's, he's very creative with that kind of stuff. So I feel like we've been able to capture a, a lot of fun in our lives and sharing it with people just is an enjoyable thing to do. And I'm very honest, you know, so I feel like the format of the third hour has given me a chance to kind of just be me and, you know, speak my mind. And there's, there's a lot of news out there right now. And I don't even do it intentionally, but I have a lot of questions just as like an everyday viewer, you know, because I'm not somebody who digests news all the time. I'm not always watching cable news. I'm not always reading the newspaper. I'm just sort of living in my little life here with these two wonderful kids and my amazing husband. And when I watch the news, I have questions that tend to be questions a lot of folks have at home. So I like having a place where I can be honest and open and talk about all that kind of stuff and treat it as if I'm sitting there with my friends, having a very open conversation because Al, Chanel, and Craig, it, we do have this weird 
friendship that we're all very open and honest with each other. It's like a brother sister friendship that you never would expect to have with people at work. Right. And even if there's like a little sarcasm every now and then, one of you might take a little jab. It's okay because it's real. It's natural. You know, I've seen those moments and I think, good for her, you know. And, <laughs> but I love that because let's be honest, we're living in a world right now. The days of perfect people on television reading teleprompter are gone. It's, it's true. all about being who you are and being authentic. Absolutely. And, and I grew up with two older brothers, so I know how to dish it and I know how to take it too. <laughs> But, you know, it's interesting. My very first interview on this podcast was Meredith Vieira. And my first question to her after we talked all about Jasper, of course, was what is it like not being in the news business now, not being Mm. on the set in the biggest news year of our lives? And you Mm. are dealing with that every day in the nine o'clock. You are confronted with whatever story happened the night of, the morning of, the tweet of. No, in a way, I would imagine it's the most exciting time because you're experiencing this firsthand, but also very frightening. It's frightening. This year especially has has been frightening because you literally wake up every morning and aren't really confident that the night went well. You know, I mean, you always wake up to that question of what happened overnight while I was sleeping because if you sleep, you miss something. I'm very fortunate that I don't have to deal with the news, you know, delve into it as much as you say Craig has to, or, you know, Savannah and Hoda, you know, they really have to handle those heavier news interviews because I feel like after a while dealing with all of that heavy news just is bad for your psyche. I just feel like inside you just, it takes something out of you and Mm -hmm. it's sometimes easier to just be ignorant to some of the news that's happening because I feel like your mind is just in a better place. But and, the nine o'clock does do a recap of obviously yes, what's happened. So, so that, you, and that's, that's why I love it because you get a nice little dose of the headlines, kind of like a reset, you know, because the 8.30 half hour of the Today Show is, has taken that turn to more lighthearted, trendier topics of the day, which kind of removes you from that heavy news. And then we kind of reset for a bit right at the top and then we go back into, you know, overheard on third is one of our favorite segments because we just get to chat again. We get to talk. Usually it's something topical at least. And then we go off off the rails a little bit. Um, <laughs> which is your other show. <laughs> it, which is the other show, which is all off the rails. We're never on the rails for that show on Serious as it is. So yeah, I feel like it's the perfect mix, especially for me. You get that dose of news, you get to hear it, but then you, you get to move on with your day. And let's be honest, years ago, and I've always been either an entertainment reporter and then an animal advocate, but years ago, if you did anything other than the news, you really didn't get an opportunity to Mm co-host a show. If you were a weather person, a sports person, an entertainment person, to make the step to be a quote host was a big leap and most network executives wouldn't give you the opportunity. Which is why I pinch myself. I went to school. I went to college. I went to Rutgers to study engineering. I liked math and science, you know, and then I- I switched. I would have over. hated you, girl. <laughs> you that was geek, girl. <laughs> yeah, but that—that's all I could do. I mean, math and science. I didn't oh. like reading. I didn't like all you know artsy stuff. I just I two was, things I failed at. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so then I thought engineering is pretty boring. So I switched over to meteorology because it's all math and science and all my credits. And then TV wasn't even something I thought I'd want to do. I, I'm very shy by nature. I mean, I I'm more of a wallflower, and if I'm in a big room, you know, it's just it's not where my mind was at at all. And then I had an internship at WCBS in New York City. I I worked there. Did you really? (laughs) Yes. I started entertainment news in New York City. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, with Michelle Marsh. Oh, that's so cool. 
I loved that whole environment. You know, I, I loved everything about it. So that's kind of how I switched over to the TV side of things. And still, it's like my brain is that of a scientist. You know, it's not as a co-host of a show, for sure. And it slowly snowballed. You know, it wasn't something I, I went in and tried to find that job or tried to take the job from someone else. It just sort of happened. And I'm thinking back to the old nine o'clock hour show. And you know, they kind of just put Chanel Allen I together because they needed somebody to fill those chairs and it kind of worked. And then <laughs> after that had some changes, you know, we started the serious radio show with the three of us and we've just maintained this friendship and this camaraderie for the past several years. So that's when the third hour of today came back in the form it is now, it all felt right. So it, it just sort of happened and I pinch myself every day. It's great chemistry, and I adore Chanel, too. I mean, She's the two lovely. of you are just so down-to-earth, so natural. <laughs> to have two major jobs, two children and a newborn, who <laughs> also, and we're very honest and open about suffering a miscarriage, which mm -hmm. for you was, and every woman, a devastating situation. It was just as hard for my husband as it was for me. I just happened to be the one carrying the child. So it was hard. And I am so grateful I told my story because I didn't realize how much that helped other women. A part of me was hesitant to tell the story because I thought people would be like, you already have a little boy. Stop being greedy. You don't need to. You know, you're lucky you have one and some people can't even have one. And that's not the feedback I got at all. Yeah. I mean, the feedback was, wow, like you're going through this? I went through this. And as I talked about it, I found out friends of mine have gone through this that never brought it up before. And it's like, why didn't you tell me that? And their thought was, well, it's such a downer. It's such a sad thing. I didn't want to bring you down. It's such a sad thing to tell somebody. So I had no idea how many women were going through this just in silence because it isn't really something you talk about. And I think that has changed now. I think a lot of people with a platform have come out to say they've been through it too. And it just helps to know you're not alone. And the way you told the story, really. I mean, I was in tears. Aww. And I only have children on four legs, but I can <laughs> tell you, having been through that experience too, but the way you told the story and involving Brian and the way you shared it to mm. America. I think that people appreciated it so much because when we look at someone like you, the average person doesn't think you could ever have a problem or ever have anything go wrong in your life. There was a little period of time during the whole miscarriage when I was bringing that to work and I wasn't as happy as I, I normally was behind the scenes. And I was more disagreeable than ever before. I was putting my foot down on certain story ideas. And I said, I have to tell you why I'm just, I'm moody and I'm, why I'm acting this way. And when I told her, it was like a weight came off of me because it's like, okay, you know, I don't have to just live with it in silence. I don't have to just hide it. I mean, I'm miserable right now. So I needed to tell her. And it really helped so many. And thank goodness you did that. And now with two beautiful children, wow, you thinking of having another? Is that <laughs> on the horizon? <laughs> it's funny because every once in a while, it's more like, a lot of friends of ours are having their third, you know, and it's just, it brings up all those things. It's like, do we want three? Well, we'd have to move if we have three because we're not all fitting in this apartment, that's for sure. But do we stay in the city? We can't afford a three bedroom apartment in the city. Do we leave this? Like, we're not ready to leave the city. Do we want another one? I don't know. Do we want to go through heartache again if it doesn't go well? And it's just, we certainly talk about it, but we don't really know where we stand right now. <laughs> Maybe you should check in with Bosco, see how she feels. Yeah, about I don't it. know if Bosco would, would want another one. <laughs> Enough, mom, please. Yeah. She'd jump out the window. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but how has she helped you 
during this time. Obviously, you're a busy mom, but have you noticed anything with her? Because it's such an unusual time to be home all this time. She loves having us home all the time, even though, again, she does just lay there a lot. She's just a people dog. You know, she gets very excited. She's very close with my mother and father-in-law. So when, when they come down to visit, she just runs right to the door and she's just so excited and she gets lonely. You know, if you, if you leave the house, she whines and whimpers and doesn't want you to leave. But now we're not leaving the house as much. And if I leave, Brian's here. When Brian leaves, I'm here. You know, one of us is always home. And with two kids, there's just so much life in the house that she's loving it. She's just happy. She's, she's just always been a really easy, laid back, happy dog. <laughs> well, you're not only a great human parent, you are a wonderful pet parent. I was so excited to do this interview. I've been bothering Jackie, your wonderful <laughs> assistant, for four months. I said, I want Dylan. I love Dylan. So this has been just a real joy, Dylan. Thank you so much. And I'm going to see your third endeavor in terms of a project on television. I predict <laughs> you and Kelvin are going to have a cooking show. I see it. Move over, Bobby Flay, because you've got something going there with that kid. It's, it's funny. And I, I think he's ready to, too. I mean, there are times we cook, obviously not on camera. And he's like, are we recording today? And it's like, no, 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 this is, this is just for us. So he, he understands the camera and I'd say he's on board if that ever happened, but it's been fun. It's another fun little project we get to do together. Oh, I love it. You only have to worry when he says, mom, where's my hair and makeup? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or he asks for a paycheck because that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dylan, thank you so much. We really appreciate it on Rappaport to the Rescue. Bosco, mwah, we love you. You're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, thank you. And coming up, it's the Bill and Jill section of the show, one-on-one with Bill Berloni. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Spanning the planet. Spanning the planet. You've landed at the Pet Entertainment Center of the Universe. Alert the paparazzi. This is Pet Life Radio, the ultimate animal adventure. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport. As always, I'm joined with the wonderful Bill Berloni. Bill, wow, what weather we're having. It was like 55 last week, and all of a sudden this nor'easter, my little doxy was practically buried in the snow when I took him out. What are your tips during this time of year during these crazy storms? Well, I enjoy the change in weather. You know, it's not winter unless you have a lot of snow, so I'm loving it. But you know, my um, pets, some of them. Yeah. The bigger ones are loving it. Uh, the little ones, not so much, but this is my general rule. I tell people whether the weather is hot or cold, imagine going outside barefoot and putting your hand to your forehead and taking your temperature. Now, 
if you can't walk outside comfortably barefoot without your feet being burnt or frozen, that's a sign right there you've got to protect your pet. And number two, whether it's hot weather or cold weather, if you're having problems breathing, if you're feeling lightheaded, your pet's going to be feeling the same way. So in this inclement weather, you know, the bigger dogs love it. They're high off the ground. It energizes them. They get all their energy out. But the little dogs, I mean, imagine your belly being three inches off the snow. It would be terribly, terribly uncomfortable. So all day today, while the snow is piling up, I've been shoveling trails for the little dogs so that when they go out, they'll go out, they'll go quick and then come back in. But they're not dragging themselves through the snow, not freezing their feet or their underbelly or their head. So that's what we do for our dogs. But in urban areas with snow, you've got to be very careful with the salt that people put on the street. Most municipalities do not put pet-friendly salt down because it's more expensive. Right. So cities like New York City, you know, it's rock salt and it'll burn their feet. So you may want to carry your small pet to an area that you know is clean of that sort of salt. And with your bigger dogs in an urban area, you got to put boots on them or at least wash off their feet every time they come back in. You know, it's interesting you say that because my doxy, Oscar Meyer, I can barely get him out the door with a coat on. He is so finicky. He doesn't want to be messed with. If I try to put shoes or boots on this guy, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, that's the safer alternative, but it's usually harder because you have to train them from a young puppy to accept that. You know, everybody laughs the first time you put boots on and they walk like they're on hot coals or something, picking up their legs up and down. But for people who can't do that, like in your case... You should have a muzzle standing by, you know, there are certain procedures we have to do for our children, for our dogs that they may not like and object to, but we still have to do it for their own safety. So we've got to keep the pet owner and the dog safe. What I do, we shovel as much as we can. Cause again, a dachshund, they're like nine inches off the ground and their legs are only three inches. So they could be literally buried in the snow. So we shovel it down to the gravel. I carry him out now, put him down. He's smart enough to do his business right away and he hightails it right back into the house. But I tell people all the time, don't think you can just leave them out to lollygag waiting to do their business. They're smart. When they have to go, they will go. And if they're not going, bring them in. Correct. Correct. And another tip, I mean, Jill, you should take him to the farthest end of the path that you've shoveled. If you just go out a few steps and put them down, they may just turn around and run away. Oh, good tip. Okay. If you go out and put them down, they just may turn around and go back up the steps. But if you shovel the path, go to the end with your pet so that at least on the way back, he might feel the urge to go, you know, (laughs) and go quicker. And I found that my big dogs really don't like jackets, coats, or any sort of apparel at all. Is that okay? Because I, you know, my poodle, he's got enough hair for 10 dogs, but my coon hound, you know, is a short haired dog, but he does not want to be blanketed in any way, shape or form. Is that all right if he goes out quick and comes back? Yes. I mean, we're really talking about the short haired dogs like your coon hound, like Dalmatians, you know, those sort of bigger dogs who don't have the coat to protect them against the elements. What you're looking for is frostbite in really frigid temperatures. So if you have a short haired dog that will go out, go quickly and come in, yes. But if your short-haired dog wanted to stay outside and romp for 20 minutes, they would have to have a coat on. Okay. Well, that is such great advice, Bill, because people need to understand, pet parents, you really have to protect your animals. We talked about this in the summer, you know, the hot cement, leaving them out in the heat, and it's just as dire now. I mean, of course, the first snowstorm, they're so excited, except Oscar Mayer. But the big ones, they run, they play, they love it, but it can be extremely dangerous and life-threatening. 
Correct. And my tip about short-haired dogs and coats, go to a sweater. You know, whether it's a chihuahua that you put a coat on and they can't walk or a bigger dog who just feels encumbered, you put a second skin of a sweater on and it's less intimidating to them. Oh, okay. Well, I will try that. Maybe I'll put on one of mine. My dogs are big enough. (laughs) (laughs) I might need some training from you for that, Bill, but thank you so much. You always give such great advice. Thank you, Jill. Always happy to be here. We're a team. And before we end, I want to plug the greatest game on TV at Super Bowl Sunday. Of course, I'm talking about Puppy Bowl. This year, it's Puppy Bowl 17. And once again, I'm honored and thrilled to be part of it. I am the host of Subaru's Pup Close and Personal segments, as well as the new Senior Spotlight segments. And I am also featured in a very special story about a wonderful photographer who turns her lens on true animals in need. And you will see my beautiful, beloved Petey in this story, who is now up in heaven, but always in my heart. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in, and stay safe. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.